You can turn in your Bibles this morning to Genesis chapter 1, verse 26. You don't have to go very far, just a few pages, get past the table of contents, you should be about there. Genesis chapter 1, verse 26. We've been thinking about how we bear witness to the good news of Jesus in the world. We want to be able to give a reason for the hope that we have. And as we've talked about this, we've discussed the idea of worldview, the way that we see things and how that affects the way that we live. We've focused a lot of time on deep questions about our relationship with God and the way that God reveals himself and wrestling with the problem of evil and all these types of things. And now we're going to switch gears a little bit. We're going to begin to look at what God says about us. We're going to be asking the question over the the next few weeks, what does it mean to be human? Like, who am I? Do I matter? Have you ever gotten up in the morning to get ready? And uh, I think most of you probably have mirrors in your bathroom. I've got a big mirror in my bathroom trying to make sure my hair's not sticking up in, in weird places and all that kind of stuff. And have you ever gotten there in the morning and look, like, looked at yourself and gone, who are you? Like, where did you come from? Is that a gray hair? Is that a... Okay, that looks a little better. Like, you, we, you look in the mirror and you begin to ask those questions like, like, am I doing this life right? And maybe you don't want to think about it and just rush through that. Okay, my hair's in place. I got to get out of here. I don't want to think too hard about that, right? But, but it's important for us to be able to do some introspection and to consider how we view ourselves. And as we think about the way that we view ourselves, it, it's not just about what we think about ourselves that is the defining characteristic. What matters more is the way that God thinks about us the way that God sees us. We're going to be talking about what it means to be made in the image of God. I have no slides today. All right, we'll go without them. Uh, We're going to be talking about what it means to be made in the image of God. The thing is, when we think about humanity, it's important that we understand that we are not here by accident. It's not some cosmic game of chance that humanity found its way into existence on this planet. God has revealed to us who we are and what we're meant to be. And we think about the views of humanity that we see across the world. We, as believers in Christ, have good news. We have something positive to say about humanity that very often just kind of dives into darkness as it tries to find its own way. But God has a light for us. And if we will come to the light of his word and receive what he has told us about himself, then we can live in a way that is full of life and full of joy and full of hope. So we're going to begin by looking at what it means to be made in the image of God. Would you guys read with me Genesis chapter 1, verse 26. This is in the middle of creation. And God has created 
the heavens and the earth. He's created the sun and the moon. He's created the plants. He's created the animals. And in verse 26, it says this. Then God said, let us make mankind in our image and in our likeness so that they may rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky, over the livestock and all the wild animals, and over all the creatures that move along the ground. So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them male and female. He created them. God blessed them and said to them, Be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky and over every living creature that moves on the ground. Then God said, I give you every seed-bearing plant on the face of the whole earth and every tree that has fruit with seed in it. They will be yours for food. And to all the beasts and all of the earth and all the birds in the sky and all the creatures that move along the ground, everything that has the breath of life in it, I give every green plant for food. And it was so. God saw all that he had made, and it was very good. And there was evening, and there was morning, the sixth day. This text is foundational to our understanding of who we are. We find our source of identity in the God who made us. We don't have to go looking for it. We don't have to create it from the inside. We don't have to scheme it up. We don't have to... Uh, discover it somewhere else. We find our identity in God. It is God that defines humanity and not ourselves. And the first thing that we want to talk about as we look at this passage is this idea of significance. That God gives humanity significance. Without God, there is no ultimate significance in life. There's no ultimate meaning. If we're all just basically little specks of animate matter on a rock floating in the universe, like, and there is no God, then nothing we really do matters. There is no ultimate significance. We could do whatever we want, and this life might be full of joys and pleasures and sorrows and pains, but if in the end we all just simply return to dust and the universe dies in heat death, where there's no more energy left and it's just all kind of like sparse and scattered out, it's cold and dark and there is nothing, then you and I don't have ultimate significance. We don't have ultimate meaning. God is the one that gives us meaning. We are significant because He made the world and He created us. Not only did He create us, but humanity is unique among all of creation. As I said just a moment ago, when you read chapter 1 of Genesis, you see God kind of distinguishing some things, light from dark, the sea from the land, the plants, the animals, right? There are these distinctions that are made. And then when God makes mankind, it's, it's the only creation that is preceded by what's called divine counsel. In other words, we have this statement about God's thought process. In all the other situations, God just says, let there be, and it was so. But here with humanity, we have God kind of talking to himself, amongst himself. Maybe even the persons of the Trinity are, are pictured here. And it's basically, let us make man in 
our image and in our likeness. And so God is signifying that there is something important and there is something different about humanity from the rest of creation as he makes this plan. Humanity is distinguished from the rest of creation because humanity is created in the image of God. We're, we're different. We're not like anything else. Nothing else is said to be created in God's image. Only mankind is created in God's image. And because we're like him, that we have this opportunity for relationship with him. So what does it mean then that we're made in the image of God? These words image and likeness, they're used in different places in the Old Testament, and they're basically synonyms, right? There's not a lot of distinction between the two. And they cover the ideas of uh, representation, like if you were to build a model of something or if you were to make a replica of something, right? And so sometimes they're used of, of idols in the Old Testament, right? They were making images of their gods. They were making likenesses of their gods. There's a couple places where, where one of these words is used to describe um, there, there were these tumors that were a plague, and they made models of these tumors and put them, um, put them out. And this is the idea then that the image and likeness are representations of whatever it is that they are like. There are ideas here wrapped up in this then. When we think of images today, what's the thing that comes to your mind first? And you say, hey, give me that image. Well, if you're in the tech world, uh, I'm thinking picture, right? I need an image to go on this flyer. I need an image to go on the website. I, like, and as we think about a, a picture or a photograph, we understand that it is a representation of a reality, a much deeper reality. And that's the idea here with man being created in God's image, that we are a representation of him. We were created to reflect his glory and to represent him on the earth. And so the image of God in this text is not about one particular aspect of humanity. Like uh, over the centuries, people have you know, speculated, what does it mean to be made in the image of God? And they'll think, well, it's man is, is uh, different from creation in that he's rational, right? It's his reason that sets him apart. Or maybe his ability to relate to another human being in a deeper way, that that's what the image of God is. And it's not any one particular of these things, but rather it's this ability to relate to our Creator and represent Him by ruling over the earth. Man was made with a purpose. And that purpose, it says, is let us make man in our own image so that he can rule and reign over the fish and the birds and the livestock and the wild animals and all the creatures. Like, we are created in God's image, and the end result is that we have dominion over the earth. That God set us up as stewards of creation. That it doesn't necessarily belong to us, but he's put us in charge of it. He's, he's set us up as his co-regents, co-rulers. And notice it's, it's important here, it's not one singular person or a singular couple that rules over. It's all of humanity together with one another corporately ruling over the world. If you notice here that humanity includes diversity. 
In verse 27, it says, uh, male and female, he created them. And this is just highlighting that, that both men and women are created in the image of God. And that together, they are to rule and reign. Both are made in his image, but the differences are important. And when you look at the task that God has given humanity, the differences are key to receiving the blessing and fulfilling the purpose that God has given. If you look at this blessing, verse 28, God blessed them and said to them, Be fruitful and increase in number, fill the earth and subdue it, rule over the fish, the birds, every living creature. Right? So there's something that's happening there. They're to be fruitful and multiply. That means make more humans. And they're to rule over. And the differences between male and female are important because without those differences, there can't be more human beings. You can't, fu you can't fulfill the purpose of filling the earth and ruling over without those differences. And so those differences are important and they are a blessing and they're designed to help humanity receive the blessing that God has. This is significant that God has given us the capacity to create more human beings, in a sense, to generate more humanity. And so as we talk about the significance that we have among all of creation, we need to understand that this goes beyond the first pair of human beings to all of humanity. Turn with me over to Genesis chapter 5. Just flip over a couple of pages. This is after the fall. This is after Adam and Eve have sinned. This is after Cain has killed his brother Abel. We have some statements about Adam and his line. And chapter 5, verse 1 says this. This is the written account of Adam's family line. When God created mankind, he made them in the likeness of God. He created them male and female and blessed them, and he named them mankind when they were created. When Adam had lived 130 years, he had a son in his own likeness, in his own image, and he named him Seth. After Seth was born, Adam lived 800 years and had other sons and daughters. Altogether, Adam lived a total of 930 years, and then he died. So we have a statement just thinking through the line of Adam, and it goes on uh, to Adam's son and grandsons and great-grandsons. But what we want to focus in on here is that this emphasis in verse 1 that God created mankind, he made them in the likeness of God, and male and female and blessed them. And then it comes to Adam having children, it says that he had a son in his own likeness, in his own image. And this is the idea then that that significance of being made in the image of God is, is passed on. It's not just the first human uh, couple that was made in the image of God, but rather it's passed on. And that means that, that every human being that has ever lived is created in the image of God and has special significance among all of creation. That we were made unique and that God gave us purpose and that what we do actually matters, whether it's for good or for bad. We've been wrestling with those, with those questions, but what we do actually matters. We have significance. The second aspect that we want to focus in on today, the first was significance. The second is the idea of value, that God values humanity. Because humanity is made in the image of God, each person has inherent value and dignity. In other words, like, sometimes I have this question when I look in the mirror. Actually, Hannah and I were having this, this conversation the other day. Have you ever... Have you ever looked in the mirror and thought about how old you were and then compared yourself to other people who were that age? 
And you go, well, that person's doing this, and that person's doing this, and that person's doing that, and that person's over there. And you think, what have I, what on earth have I done, right? And I think that's because we're trying to settle whether or not we've done anything worthwhile, anything of value. But the reality is our value doesn't come from what we do. This is counter our culture. This is counter our mindset of like work hard and never stop, never take a break, never rest, just keep going and going and going. What can you do? What have you done for me lately? What can you produce? What can you achieve? Because that's where we find value in you. No, that is a lie. Your value does not come from what you do. Your value comes from who you are. You are a creature made in God's image. Whether you can do something great or whether you can do something small or whether you're in a place in your life where you don't feel like you can do anything at all because of some injury or because of, of, of some sickness, whatever it is, you still have value because you are God's and he created you in his image. We see this value played out in the way that God instructs us to respect one another and to treat one another well. We're going to look at a couple of scriptures related to that. First of all, Genesis chapter 9, starting with verse 1. This is after the flood. See, after Genesis chapter 5, mankind spreads across the earth, they populate the earth, but the problem is they're not walking with God. And God is grieved that he's made mankind because every inclination of the heart is evil. And so God sends the flood to wipe out humanity. But he spares a man named Noah and his family. And in chapter 9, we see God's instruction to Noah. And read this with me, chapter 9, verse 1. Then God blessed Noah and his sons, saying to them, Be fruitful and increase in number and fill the earth. The fear, of dread, the fear and dread of you will fall on all the beasts of the earth and on all the birds in the sky and on every creature that moves along the ground and all the fish in the sea. They are given into your hands. Everything that lives and moves about will be food for you. Just as I gave you the green plants, I now give you everything. But you must not eat meat that has its lifeblood still in it. And for your lifeblood, I will surely demand an accounting. I will demand an accounting from every animal and from each human being too. I will demand an accounting for the life of another human being. Whoever sheds human blood by humans shall their blood be shed. For in the image of God has God made mankind. As for you, be fruitful and increase in number. Multiply on the earth and increase upon it. Okay, first thing I want you to notice as we look at this passage is that the language is very similar to what we read back in chapter 1, right? Be fruitful and multiply, increase in number, right? The the idea here is that God is kind of starting over. God has wiped the the slate clean, and now he's starting over with Noah and his family. And there's this passage here in in verse 6 that talks about the value of human life. He says in verse 6, Whoever sheds human blood by humans shall their blood be shed. For in the image of God has God made mankind. So in this midst of this language of recreation, God lays out that mankind is going to be held accountable. In a sense is what he's done 
with the flood. He's holding mankind accountable. And in some way, I think God here is seeking to limit the destruction that man is able to do. And so what God says is that whoever kills another human being, justice demands the death penalty. This is what God is is laying out. Now, I'm not at all right now talking about the way that we handle our judicial system and the death penalty and all those kinds of things. Um, That's not necessarily what this verse is about. It might speak into that situation. But what God is laying out here in, in the days of Noah is the way that things ought to work. And he says that human life needs to be valued and protected and that murder, the killing of another human being, is an assault on the image of God. Because he gives the reason, because man was made in God's image. So if you are attacking another human being, you are are attacking the image of God. And what we have here is it's so serious that the perpetrator then is to be put to death. And that this is a a demonstration of justice. This is not a contradiction like, hey, you killed the image of God, so we're just going to kill the image of God. Like, it just kind of goes on and on. That's not the picture here. It's like, God is the just judge, and God can bring judgment however he sees fit, and he is authorizing humanity to enact that justice. So if you destroy the image of God, you deserve to be destroyed. That's the picture that's being laid out here. And again, we could ask all kinds of questions about how that should work in our society now and the, the problems that we see, but this is just a, a, a principle that's, that's being laid out here that, that humanity needs to be treated with, as if they matter. It needs to be treated with dignity, and this means that we respect life. We don't take life however we see fit but only for a very specific purpose in terms of enacting justice can life be taken. We honor the image of God in other people. And this is seen not just in this instance, but in other ways that we treat people as well. It goes beyond just this idea of murder. If you think about what Jesus said, um, you've heard it said, uh, you shall not murder, but I tell you if you're angry with your brother, you're in danger of the fires of hell. Remember we read that verse a, a few weeks ago, right? Jesus lays out, it goes beyond just our physical interaction with other people, but the way that we think about them and the way that we speak about them. Turn with me, we'll look at one more scripture today, James chapter 3. In James chapter 3, he's talking about the danger of the tongue, the danger of speech. Like our words matter the way we think about people and the way that we speak about people. They have an impact in other people's lives. I was reading a book lately, and the author referenced the, the phrase that we've maybe memorized when we were kids, like sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. That, that, that's great in theory, and it's kind of, like, important to teach your kids to kind of be tough emotionally a little bit and, like, not let their little sister bother them all the time and all that kind of stuff. But the truth of the matter is words do hurt. 
Like we can all think of times in our lives where someone said something and it just cut us to the heart and it had an impact on us. Maybe for a time or maybe for a, a decade. Maybe there are things even now that you think back to, back to your childhood that you kind of replay in your mind. Somebody said something to you and it's like stuck with you. And, and ideally, we want to take those things to God and let God bring healing, but we see that our words actually do matter. Our words do have power. And so James is talking about this. He's talking about the danger of the tongue. And in uh, verse 9, he says this, With the tongue, we praise our Lord and Father, and with it, we curse human beings who have been made in God's likeness. Out of the same mouth come praise and cursing. My brothers and sisters, this should not be. You ever catch yourself doing this? Like you're singing a worship song in the car. You're driving down, just mind your own business, cruising and praising the Lord. And then someone cuts you off or someone does something stupid on the road and you're like, what an idiot! Sometimes, uh, okay, apparently we do this because our daughter is now calling out things as, she drives, as we drive down the road and she sits in the back seat. Elizabeth, she's the firecracker of the family and she lets us know what she thinks of those people driving around us. So... Um, Pray for us that we would be able to uh, manage ourselves and our child. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, you've, you've been in that scenario where you're praising God, and the next thing you know, somebody upsets you, and you're just like, I can't stand that person. Why would they do that? And you're tearing them down, either uh, verbally out loud or I- at least in your heart, right? And he says, like, this is nonsense. This is not the way it should be. When we see other people, we need to understand that they are made in God's image and they have value and we need to treat them like they have value. Our love for God cannot be separated from our love for other people. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, strength, and mind and love your neighbor as yourself. We keep coming back to that theme, right? When we honor people, we are honoring God. We treat people with respect. We we speak about them and we think about them respectfully because they are part of God's creation and they have significance and value. From here, over the next few weeks, we're going to be launching into some different topics that uh, our culture is wrestling with. Difficult conversations that we might be having in this world where it's trying to figure out like, How are we supposed to relate to one another? What do we think about the unborn? How do we handle racial tension? What do we do with with marriage and and divorce and the idea of same-sex relationships? All of these types of things, we find our foundation, as we ask these questions, we find our foundation in the Word of God and the fact that humanity is made in God's image and likeness in that God has given us a purpose to have fellowship with Him and to fill the earth and subdue it. So it's very important that we understand as we ask the questions, who am I and who are we as, as a, a group, as, as human beings, that at the core of this, we have to understand that we are made in God's image. And because of that, each person has real significance that what we do actually matters in the world, and that we were created to reflect God's glory and to represent Him on this earth, 
and that each person, every individual, no matter who they are, no matter how different they might be, whether they are following Jesus or not, whether they are living a, a godly life or not, whether they are seeking truth or not, each person has inherent worth and dignity. And as we wrestle with the truth and try to share the truth, we need to make sure that we are doing so where we are valuing and respecting everyone. This whole series, we started off with always be ready to give an answer for the reason, uh, for the hope that you have, but do this with gentleness and respect. God is calling us to share the truth, the truth that sets people free, that we were created to be with Him and to reflect Him. And we want to make sure that as we wrestle with tough questions that our society is facing, that we're doing it in love and standing firm, both in grace and in truth, because we were all made in the image of God. And we come to Him as His creatures, and we find our source of life in Him. Would you pray with me today? Father God, I thank you for this opportunity that we've had to study your word together. I pray that we would take hold of these truths, Lord. When we're at home thinking about ourselves, we see that person in the mirror staring back at us, and we say, well, who, who is that? Who am I? God, I pray that your spirit would remind us it's not about how we evaluate ourselves. It's about what you say, and you say that we are loved and that we are created in the image of God. And God, as we're going about our business and we see uh, uh, other human beings and uh, some of them doing great and some of them struggling through life, some of them in the ups and downs and people who've made different choices, maybe people who aren't following you, God, I pray that you would help us to see them with your eyes, God, that we wouldn't be quick to make judgments, that we wouldn't act out of prejudice, Lord, but we would act out of love, knowing that each person has significance and value because they were made in your image. God, I pray that you would help us to love the way that you love and to walk in your truth. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.